Welcome, devil fans and vintage idiots. It is your boy, Bill Botch, and welcome to the Trap Podcast. We had a fun week this week. The Devils took it on the road to Madison Square Garden to face off against their biggest rivals, the New York Rangers. And boy, what a game it was. I was lucky enough to be in attendance. As I said, my brother was flying in from out of town, and we were pretty psyched to go to the game. Um, I posted online that we were going to be a haymaker. This is a place that we like to hang out before shows, concerts in the, at the garden specifically. They got some good uh, craft beers and stuff there and some good food. It's only two blocks away, which... Uh, if you go to the games at the Garden, I really suggest the back entrance, which is on 8th and 31st. Um, there's not nearly as long of a line as if you were to go in the front of the building. So keep that in mind if you're going on the 12th. But um, So yeah, I posted that we were going to be a haymaker, and we ended up, we got into the city about an hour and a half before the game. We were going to record a podcast afterwards, but um, I ended up getting a stomach bug and I was kind of out of commission for a day. It's been a rough um, month for me, just sickness wise. I mean, I'm never really this sick. I got three kids, so there's always something coming home from school. They're always bringing something home, but um, I don't know. I had like a ch- like a ch- flu thing going on with uh, upper respiratory and then I had a stomach bug so it's been a weird month but anyway so Monday we're all pumped up Um, I pick him up we drive into the city we park we go to Haymaker we walk in there's a couple devil fans hanging out in there already we're full of energy we're trying to get everybody going we're excited to see fellow devil fans in the city surprisingly enough more and more devil fans started showing up and there were more devil fans in there than ranger fans which was pretty cool uh being so close to the garden and you felt all the devil's fans definitely had that smile on their face like this is our time this is when we're going to bring it to the rangers in the garden so um it was fun we we met up with some friends we had some drinks and then it was time to go in so we ended up we walked over we got in there and, um, yeah, we got to our seats, and the Rangers scored two quick ones on us. And, uh, you know, the Rangers are doing their goal song and this and that, and we're sitting there, and we're kind of minding our own business. You know, it's it's all in good fun. It's like, whatever. But it was too early, and it was like four minutes into the game or five minutes in the game, Rangers were up 2 nothing. And Ranger fans were kind of feeling themselves a little bit. And I think it was important for them because they had come off of that really horrible blown three-goal lead in the third period versus Edmonton where uh, Dreisaitl knocked a stick out of Truba's hand on his way to the bench and Truba didn't respond. And people were questioning Truba as a captain and they want Gerard Gallant out and this and that. So I thought this was going to be a real statement game for the Rangers being that um, they had just been embarrassed the way that they were. And the Devils really didn't have anything to lose. The Devils have just been playing really well. But I knew that the the way that they play and the speed that they play and the forecheck that they have and this and that, that there was going to be an opportunity to get back in the game. And I, and I thought if you're going to be down by two goals, you'd rather it be 
four minutes into the game, you know, I, I was okay with it. So as the game goes on, um, Tatar scores on a beautiful backhand goal, which, uh, which got the Devil fans up and, up and roaring, and there were a lot of Devil fans there. This is the most Devil fans I've ever seen at a game at the Garden, and we were pumped. We were really loud. It was cool to see. Um, we had, I honestly, like, the Let's Go Devils chance at Madison Square Garden, while they might not have been as loud because we were outnumbered by thousands of people, had just as much, if not more, energy. Like, we were fired up. Every, every time you went down to use the concessions or go to the restroom, Devil fans were high-fiving one another and yelling, and we were wooing in the crowd and this and that. Um, so it, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Um, let's see. Let me pull up this uh, box score real quick. So then uh, you saw Jacob Truba try to take Nico's head off at one point, misses him, you know, goes flying through the air, looks like an idiot. It's like Truba is just skating like he's got a, you know, cement skates. He looks slow. He looks indecisive with the puck. He's, um, you know, missing on, on all kinds of, of big hits and outlet passes. Um, so then Igor Sharangovich ends up scoring on a goal where uh, Truba can't get the puck out of the zone. And Boquist is on a back check and on him, and you got to give Boquist credit. I mean, he's not known for really being a real gritty guy, but he's got some speed, and he was able to pick Truba's pocket, and he stayed with it, freed the puck up, got the puck deep, and it turned into a, kind of a dirty goal by, by Sharon Govich, and we, were, and we came out of the first period tied. Now, once we came out of the first period tied, it, the, it was full-blown. At this point, it's Prudential Center East. So... Uh, the Rangers just, you know, it, it's a meltdown. It's a collapse again. And they're thinking, and, and the Devil fans are, we have them right where they want them because we know that, the, that the, the Rangers can't hang with us. They can't hang with our speed. They can't hang with our transition game. Vitek Vanacek started making some saves. Then they come out in the second period and the Devils dominate. And they really dominated. Um Beautiful flip pass from Dawson Mercer to Jack Hughes through the wickets. I mean, Shesterkin's five hole, you could have drove a line L up in there. Um, Richie April style. But then we get the Igor chance going. In, a, in the garden. This is the Vesna Trophy winner. We get the Igor chance going. We get in this guy's head. It was really fun and really special to really kind of give it to Ranger fans and be loud and be obnoxious and not so much obnoxious, but just really passionate in New York. Uh, after the Ranger fans have come to Newark for so long and, um, and kind of given it to us, it was a really cool experience. Mike McLeod scores a goal in front of the net. That was uh, pretty much a play by Miles Wood that he had thought went in, came off the crossbar, came to McLeod, he scores. That one was for, for Nate Bastion. Um, 
The third period got a little too close for my liking. Um, Vinny Trocek ended up scoring a goal on the power play. We took too many penalties. And if the Devils are going to continue to play and win games, they're not going to be able to... This is an unsustainable (laughs) rate of wins. But they got to learn to stay out of the box. We get a lot of, we ha, we're taking a lot of penalties. And for some of these teams that we're going to be playing, I think um, that's going to come back to bite us in the ass. But anyway, uh, Sharon Govich, he scores on an empty net goal. All is well in the world. We're, we're all having a good time. Devil fans are just making a ton of noise. Surprisingly enough, Ranger fans were actually very graceful and... Um, a couple of them had some things to say, but then, like, you know, you chirp back at them or whatever, and they would laugh and kind of give you a fist pump or, or whatever. It wasn't, it, it wasn't in any kind of um, – they weren't looking for a real problem. Although I almost had to smack chicken tendies out of one dude's hand. He got a little, he got a little mouthy with me. But uh, luckily I had two well-rounded individuals that were able to contain me. But – um it was it was a great time. So and then afterwards, it was really cool because we we went to um, we went to get our the car, and we're waiting in line. And who's in front of us? It's Bill Spaulding. So we're like, Bill, what's going on? So we start shooting the shit, and you know, and I'm telling them like I'm just trying to talk on behalf of Devil Fans, and I'm telling them you know, obviously for you and for your new this is your new, you know, position. It obviously has benefited you a lot that the Devils have been so good in your first 20 something games with the team. But beyond that, I got, I got to tell you that your voice and the way that you carry yourself, it feels like I've been listening to you for a really long time. And I, I hope that you're enjoying this position because you're stuck with us now. You're a Jersey guy now, dude. And he was laughing about it. And we were, we were going back and forth and we waited for our cars to come around and uh, before he left, I had to tell him, I said, your, your mammogram goal call was my favorite. And he started laughing. He said, hey, listen, if, one, if, one, if there was one extra mammogram that came out of that goal call, then, uh, then it was a success. And we, and we laughed and he took off. But uh, very personable dude, you know, seemed like just normal salt of the earth guy. And, uh, it was really cool of him just to hang around and, you know, talk hockey, talk devil's hockey with us for a while. And I know that the, um, he was saying that the fan base has really embraced him, um, since he's, since he's stepped in. So good for him. And I hope that he's around for a long time because he is the voice of the devils. There's no doubt about it. So then, uh, Thursday comes, we went to the game Thursday, uh, it was chilly, so I don't know. We gotta we gotta do something with Red's music um, playlist. Like it's it's like are they hand picking the worst possible songs that you could possibly pick? The atmosphere in that place could be so much better if they had just something of a tolerable music playlist. It'll go from like death metal to like um, like. Kesha to uh, it's like come on like just a little consistency here and by consistency I don't mean consistently horrible songs like just play something in the middle like there was literally like it was like Nickelback into Three Doors Down into you know and you're like dude 
come on, like all these people here, no one's looking around at each other and thinking like maybe we could throw on something that's just a little more fun or a little less corny or a little less deathy. Um, so I, I, we tried to have a beer there and we were like, we can't. So we were, we were over at American whiskey and it was pretty busy in there. And, um, that place is usually a pretty good time, but it was packed because it was so cold. So people weren't hanging out outside. So we ended up, we went inside and, um, we were able to get my niece, Charlie, uh, she is becoming a real devil's fan. She's she's young. She's only like uh, four years old. And I get videos of her standing in front of the TV yelling at the television, go devils, go devils. So we got her a Nico jersey, um, which they're so cute. She's, she's tiny. So these are like little baby Nico jerseys with the C on them and everything. So that was exciting. She's going to be really excited when my, my brother gets home tonight and uh, – and hands that off to her. I'm sure she's not going to want to take that off. But the Devils got off to a really slow start. And it was like before we sat down, uh, not literally, but, you know, it was like before we we could get a word out, we were down 2 nothing, And um, that seems to be a problem with starting on time. I understand that they have a lot of speed. They have a lot of confidence. They know that they could score it. Not at will, but they know that they're going to put up goals. And they're almost like, hey, if we get off to a slow start – were that good to where we can come back and and still win games. And I believe that that's actually true. But you don't want that to be a habit. You don't want that to be um you don't want that to be a thing that kind of people start associating with your team. So and what's impressive is Vanacek will let up two early goals or he'll let up an early goal and he'll shrug it right off and play really strong the rest of the game. Um not to not to keep beating on Blackwood, but that's something that Blackwood has had a problem with. Blackwood's either really on and you're not getting anything by him all night or he's having a rough game and he gets rattled in the beginning of the game and next thing you know, like he's, he's all over the place. That doesn't seem to be the case with Vanacek. He seems to just, because of the way that he plays, he's just very fundamentally sound. He positions himself really well and he's able to shake it off. It was cool to see Vanacek kind of get a little jazzed up during the um, Ranger game, too, and give Trocek a swat to the face, um, which, good for him. You know, he was... Vanacek was the second star of the month for the NHL. The Devils had 13 wins, which was um, the most amount of wins in the history of November in the NHL. So, and a huge part of that was on the back of Vitek Vanacek. So, it was good to see him get the notoriety and the respect that he deserves. Um it was really cool, but the Devils got the Devils got down quick, and uh, it was weird because Hamilton and Siegenthaler were on the ice for two goals, which obviously they've been really um, just super solid on the back end. Their plus minus is through the roof, and to see them have a negative two um, at five on five yesterday, I don't know if they finished negative two, but they were they they were on the ice for two goals against. But then they come out in the second period, and the Devils were on fire. And it was cool because you got to see Kevin Ball score a goal, who's a kid that probably should have gotten some ice time. I mean, he he literally hasn't played for 20 games. And it's like, Ball probably deserves to be in there for some of those games. When you're on 
the winning streak that the Devils are on. I understand Lindy Ruff doesn't want to mess with the chemistry of the team. If things aren't broken, don't fix it. I understand all that. But now you're starting to see a couple injuries and some spots are opening up. And I think some of the guys that maybe did deserve a chance to get uh, a couple games in and prove themselves, younger guys, are going to have that opportunity. So um, they moved Brendan Smith up to forward and then they put Ball on the back end and Ball... Ball played really good, and he had, and he had a he scored a he scored a goal. Now he did make a couple stupid mistakes, but not for nothing. The, if you don't play, you gotta, you know he wasn't he wasn't playing in the AHL all year. You know what I mean? So like he hasn't played that many games. So if you're not playing, and then to just throw a guy in there in the middle of an NHL season and have him a kid and go out there and play, that's difficult for anybody. So. I thought that the way that Holtz and um, they did get sent down to the AHL for a little bit, but Holtz and to see Holtz score and Ball score, I thought was special because those are two guys that have just waited it out and waited for their opportunity. And for both of those guys to get on the score sheet, um, I was really happy for them because I think those guys are going to be a part of this team's future. And, uh, and it was good to see Holtz let that one-timer go because that, he's got that huge shot. He played with a ton of confidence for a kid that got sent down. He, he looked very confident. Um, and he was – and it's like it's not about speed. He was not the slowest guy on the Devils. So, Miles Wood didn't play last night. I heard he lit himself on fire trying to, uh, trying to bend his uh, blade on his wood stick. Um, no, I think he had a stomach bug or something like that, but so Wood Wood didn't play. Um, it looks like Bastion's going to be out for a while. And I, I really, I can't stress enough how important this is for Alex Holtz. This is his chance. And, um, the devil's called up Andreas Janssen. So you're going to have Mango playing. And I think they're going to move Smith back to defense. Ball's kind of be the extra defenseman. You're going to have... Uh, Mango on the fourth line or the third line, probably the fourth line, and he posted a piece, and it was about Jesper Bratt and his contract situation. And he was saying that the Devils want Bratt to stay long-term, uh, but it's clear that the two have um, much different numbers in in mind. And uh, he said, and to be fair, uh, Hughes and Heischer signed their extensions on their out of their entry-level deals while Bratt is headed into his contract number four, which carries a lot more leverage. And you can see why Bratt's camp would feel justified to ask for north of $8 million. So LeBron reached out um, to Bratt's agent, and he declined, uh, de- he declined to comment. But um, Bratt has his arbitration rights this summer, and he's a year away from UFA. So they're saying this is the summer where this needs to get done. Obviously, he can get the deal done anytime after January 1st. So the Devils are not going to let him walk into free agency in 2024. So they're either going to settle up on a multi-year deal this year or they would move him. Um, And they also said that, you know, the sense of the situation seems to be that the Devils are building around Hughes and Heischer. Hughes makes uh, $8 million. He sure makes 7.25 per year. And wh- while they want Brat to be a part of the team long-term, 
he doesn't think that they can pay him more than Hughes, which is a that's a point that I've been stressing for quite a while now. I don't care if he can put up more points. Like you don't pay him more than you pay your franchise players, in my opinion. So eight million dollars on an eight-year deal or a seven-year deal, if it's enough for Jack Hughes and it's more than Nico Heischer, I mean, I don't, th- I don't see how if Jesper Bratt wants to turn that away when he sees what he has a chance to be part of and how much he's loved here, um, that's on him. And if you were to trade him, and I do not want to see the Devils trade him, and I do want to see him stay long-term, but if you were to trade him, you could get a serious piece in return for him. So it's going to be interesting. Um, so they were saying that Tom Fitzgerald is trying to basically build from the ground up the way the Bruins did and have a Bruins-like culture where players sacrifice a bit in the cap in order to build a deep contender uh, over time. And that what it does is it allows the teams to take swings year after year um, for in free agency or at the trade deadline rather than have him just for one short window. So he's trying to build a long-term contender, which as a fan, I mean, I really respect. And I hope Jesper Bratt takes that into account. Like, I understand this is how you make a living and you have, to, you have every right to go after every dollar that you can make. But I think it is important to realize that it is, you know, it's not like it's not like he's not being compensated fairly if he's get if he's being offered an eight million dollar deal. Um, so we'll wait and see what happens with that. Mackenzie Blackwood is back on the ice and he was practicing with the team today. Um, so it's been his first practice since he was hurt in Edmonton, and I'm curious to see what happens with him. One of the things that we we have to get into is so the Devils are in first place. Um, they ended up they they lose the game in a heartbreaking fashion last night. So they they give up the goal with whatever it was six or seven seconds left. Um, I'm not going to say that they took their foot off the pedal, but they clearly outplayed Nashville last night, um, especially the last forty minutes of the game, and. I am not disappointed. Well, I am, well, I'm disappointed that they lost, of course, but I'm not disappointed by their effort and I am not disappointed by the way that they played the game. I thought they were the better team and this is a team that still you feel very confident about moving forward. Now they have Philly on Saturday and then Chicago on Tuesday. So we are in first place. We have banked all these wins, and this has put us and gave us a really nice lead. And if we were to go 500 at this point, we would easily make the playoffs. Um, but these next two games, they should win. These are versus bad teams because after that, this schedule gets tough. So for all like you insecure Devil fans who are so emotionally like fragile and can't handle the devil's losing. Like I actually literally heard people with my own ears last night when we were leaving the game talking about how the devils suck. It's like our fan base, some of them are just so fickle and just are so weak that they can't accept like, yeah, sometimes like 
sometimes you deserve to win a game and you don't. Like it, it happens. It happens. You just, you just won how many games? Like you're you're killing it. It's like, how could you say that this team sucks? Like. Those kinds of people are never going to be happy. People posted on the internet, I hope these kinds of losses don't become, um, this isn't like become their new uh, look or whatever, or I hope this isn't what they become known for is these horrible losses. It's like, geez, like what kind of mindset is that? It's not the mindset of people who are used to seeing good hockey, that's for sure. Because if you watch this team this year, this is good hockey. So... Basically, what it means is you've never seen good hockey before, so you're not even aware of, you think that this is a fluke. Anybody that's seen good hockey can watch this and say, this is definitely not a fluke. This is consistent. Our transition is as good as anybody, if not the best in the league. We play with some of the best speed in the league. Our defense has been some of the best in the league. Our goaltending has been amazing. So, like, the people that you see on Twitter that are – that once the Devils lose a game or two, start, you know, we suck, same old, same old. Don't listen to them because they've literally never seen anything good. That's what that means. So um, take all that with a grain of salt. But we have Philly coming up and we have Chicago coming up. But after that, we're going to get some really tough games for a, a while. For literally over a month, we are not going to have an easy game. We're going to have one easy game. So... We're going to have some losses, guys. So let's, like, buckle down, keep our heads on straight, watch them play good, competitive hockey. If you can win two out of three of these games, or um, if you could win two-thirds of these games, that's, that's great. You've given yourself a little bit of a cushion to where you can drop some games to some good teams. You know what I mean? So you're going to have the Islanders, who the Islanders are playing really great right now. You're going to have the Rangers again, who, as much as we like dogging the Rangers and the Rangers haven't looked really good right now, they do have a lot of talent on their team. You know, this is one of the years where the Devils, the Islanders, and the Rangers all have really good teams. Like some of the best teams, it's probably one of the first times that the three teams in this area have all been as good as they are. There's usually been a team that has not been as good. So like, when the Devils and the Rangers were really good in 90, you know, 94, 95, um, 2012, the Islanders were not good. But this is a year where all three of these teams could essentially make the playoffs, which is very strange. And that would be a crazy, I mean, can you imagine if the Devils ended up playing whoever wins, uh, you know, whether it was the Devils versus the Islanders or the Devils versus the Rangers or the Islanders versus the Rangers in the first round of the playoffs, and then you had to go and play one of you know play us, that'd be crazy. But we have the Rangers uh, in New York, and then you have Dallas, which Dallas is a good team. Now, this Philly game, we play Philly again at home. That's a game that you should win. But then you have Florida. You have Carolina on the road. You have Florida on the road. You get two games versus Boston, which those games are going to be crazy. If you guys don't have tickets to those games yet, what are you waiting for? In fact, I looked. It looks like if you're trying to get lowers for that game, you're going to pay. Prices are up. Those games are almost sellouts. But then you get Pittsburgh, which shout out to Chris Letang. Um, Chris Letang has been 
one of the best defensemen in the world for the past 15 years. You know, he's had his ups and his downs, but he is a great hockey player. And, um, and I've heard nothing but about him being nothing but a great person as well. And this is his second stroke. And for a guy that has kids and stuff like that, that's really scary. I really, I wish him the best because he plays the game the right way. And uh, just as a hockey fan, he's always been a really, he's always a guy I really admired the way that he plays. And uh, you hope to see him on the mend and, uh, you know, just not see any, uh, you'd hate to see something happen with him. But, um, but I wish the best for him. So shout out to Chris Letang. Then you get a, a Detroit, you get St. Louis, who's obviously a tough team. You get the Rangers again, who are, is always going to be a tough game. You get Carolina on the road again. We're all the way into January. We're in the second week of January. This is tough. And then you got to go on a Western road trip. Um, and you play four games in f- five nights. You play, in, you play the 13th, the 14th, the 16th, and the 19th. So six nights you're playing four games on the road, on the West Coast. So from now through January 19th, the schedule is going to get a lot harder. And uh, I haven't gone back and listened to it really uh, since I recorded it, but one of my first podcasts I ever did was I, I went through the Devils' schedule this year and I broke it down by month on how many games per month I think that the Devils can win. And it was really front-loaded, and it was. It was like the Devils need to win their in, the, in October and November. And, I mean, nobody could have expected them to play the way that they played right now. Um, and get the results that they have. So we've put ourselves in a really nice position to where if everything doesn't wrap up the way that it should over the next month and a half, there's no need to freak out. But after January, it looks February is a little more forgiving, and then March is really tough. And March is going to be the toughest month of them all. What sucks is like, you know, the Devils are hot right now. You really want to be hot going in, obviously. And there's no reason that they can't be. But um, March is going to be tough. You get Toronto, Carolina, Tampa twice, Tampa three times, uh, Florida, Minnesota. So you get a lot of good teams. Um, but this next this next month and a half is going to be... It's going to be really interesting. I want to see how these rookies play out. I want to see how Holtz plays. This could be if Holtz just gets it together and can contribute and be a solid third-line player with promise, showing that, shit, like, this kid could be – he's already playing on the second power play, and he's had a little success there so far. If he could just figure it out for the third line for now, this is just another bullet in our gun. And he's got serious talent, the seventh overall pick. I don't see why not. He's got size. I mean, he's a big dude. He hit somebody behind the net last night and put him on their ass. He's pretty good along the boards, too. He's got to get a little better in his defensive zone. Um, Once he gets hemmed in his defensive zone, that's not where he likes to play. Like, he's an offensive-minded kid, obviously. But, um, yeah, there's a lot to be excited about. The Devils are going to show off their... um, reverse retros this week so that'll be kind of cool to see him in those and Jack Hughes is just I talked about like Hughes was producing but he still did not look great 
and he was like on the score sheet. So it sounded a little, a little nitpicky, but I'm just telling it like it is. Like I'm just telling the truth. He looked like he was a little off. Not anymore. He looks like he shook that off and he looks like he's ready to dominate. Man, there were a couple plays and there weren't a couple plays. There was like oh, stretches last night when he had the puck on his stick and it was like, nobody's getting this from me. And it was impressive. And it's been impressive for the past two weeks. And Sharon Govich's game has gotten more impressive too. I mean, I, 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 I don't like how streaky he is. Um, and I wish he was a little more consistent. And but he he scored a couple big he scored some big goals too. So I'm happy for him. Um, John Marino took a nasty spill and was day to day with an upper body injury. They thought it could have been his face because he landed on his face at the at the Ranger game. But um, we weren't sure if he was going to play last night. And Marino was probably our best player. He was he was all over the ice. He looks so good, and a lot of it doesn't. None of it comes up in the stat sheet, really. Not much of it, anyway. But he looked great. I thought Hall played really good. Uh, Brat played really good, and Hughes played really good. They really stood out to me last night. It was weird to see Dougie and Siegenthaler and maybe not have their best games, but that's bound to happen from time to time. But you got Hughes going now, and it's like he sure looks sick. I mean, the passing is otherworldly like it's basically we've gotten into hockey art at this point that you know the goal the brat goal the passing was insane and it's like you start seeing young kids connecting like that and having the the uh symmetry that they're having it's like this is something special and i mean i can't even fathom what it's going to look like when a kid like nemitz who's very cerebral and a very smart player and has great vision and a luke hughes who can skate the way that he does um join the team this is this is positioned for a very very long term um successful run and that's why i hope that brat you know kind of acknowledges that and gets this deal done sooner than later so we don't have this hanging over the team the way that we did with, like, Taylor Hall and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, while I'm disappointed we lost, we still got a point out of the game, and not for nothing, if this was last year and we were down 2 nothing in the first period, that game would have ended, like, 6-1 to one or 5-1, to one and we wouldn't have been in it at all. And this year, this team has a lot more fight, and they came back, and they kind of were dominating for most of the game. They lose on a fluky goal with six seconds left. It's like brush it off, brush it off. They've earned that right at this point. And um, I'm excited to see what they do. They might come out and really give it to Philly tomorrow. Chicago might just get completely blown out of the building. I mean, we're that good and we can transition that good and we intercept and counter th- that fast. Chicago might be, that could literally be like a seven to one game. But we'll wait and see. Games with Philly, obviously, Philly got the best of us on opening night. And uh, they're going to come out. They've they've had a horrible month. They're going to play hard, and they're going to play physical. And that's part of it. And, you know, we were talking, and we were t- – it's like, yeah, teams are going to come out and play really hard versus the Devils. And by hard, I mean physical and chippy and try to get them off their game because they know that they can't keep up. And guess what? Like, that's part of hockey. Like, so – just because that's not our style of hockey and we have a lot more talent than some of these other teams, 
that doesn't mean that it's wrong or anything. There's nothing wrong with playing a heavy game and and getting in people's faces and scrums and stuff like that. So the Devils are going to have to pl- learn to play against teams like that anyway because they're going to be playing in the playoffs this year. And that's how games are going to be. So there's nothing, in, there's nothing wrong with with toughening up and answering the bell when somebody tries to push you around. You know what I mean? So it's probably good for them that they learn how to deal with that now rather than learn how to deal with that in April. So um, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Uh, I'll be at the game on Tuesday. And then I'll probably record something on Wednesday um, prior to the games on on Friday versus the Islanders. But uh, happy Friday to everybody. Hope you guys are all about to have a great weekend. And I will talk to you soon. This is Billy Botch from The Trap. And I am out. Y'all, some people got good friends, and not I live my life right. Intense. On the edge, on the wire. I'm from the group where friction leads to fire. Stack your bricks, the time is take your pick. Do it, don't. The track, out Yo, my life is good. I got my peeps in the mix, so. Worst come the worst, my peoples come first. I got worldwide family all over the earth. And I worry about them all for whatever it's worth. From the birth to the hearse, through streets, the guns burst. Words I disperse are here to free uh, minds. Yeah. And if mine are needy, I need to feed mine. Worst come the worst. Set up shop and write a verse. Actually, that's best come to best. My lyrics take care of me. They therapy, get shit off my chest. Extra stress. 3-4 over the score. Different patterns of rhyming prepare me for war. So next time you see us, we'll be deadly on tour. When worst come the worst, my peoples come first. Word up, if worst comes the worst, I make whole crews disperse. You know it's family first. Gifted unlimited with dilated people. Babu, evidence, Irish science, and a shout out to my man Alchemist on the Trizac. I'm a glutton for the truth, even though truth hurts. I've studied with my peoples on streets and in church. We make it hard when we go on first. Long road on the road, samurai code. These California streets ain't paved with gold. Nah, when worse come the worst, my peoples come first. Uh, I got the back. At the end of the day, we could go our separate ways, but the song remains and won't change. Got my target locked in range. I might switch gears, but first I switch lanes.